Welcome to Well Played Podcast, a show on all things playful and joyous in education. I'm your host, Michael Matera, sixth grade teacher, author, speaker, and co-founder of EMC2 Learning, the greatest community of educators around. Today, we are talking about parent-teacher conferences, and yes, this is all things playful and joyous in education, including these. I feel like we need to talk about this a little bit on this podcast because we talk a lot about gamification, playful learning. We talk about doing things a little different than the class next door, possibly. Uh, I would love it if the class next door also is gamified. That would be amazing. Congrats. You work in uh, quite an awesome school. But for most people, they're putting themselves out there by doing this gamified thing. They're trying something a little different, a little new. And I kind of want to support you guys with some tips that I've got over the years with parent-teacher conferences. And that's going to be today's episode. As always, I would love it if you would join in the conversation on Twitter, the use the hashtag wellplayedpodcast, and tag me, at Mr. Matera, and we can have a little conversation about today's episode. Love to hear your thoughts, your ideas on parent-teacher conferences. As always, we'd love it if you rated the podcast on you know, the Apple store so that we can get a little more people to hear about it and pass this on to others. It's a good one. And let's dive right in to today's topic here on parent-teacher conferences. I think we can begin the parent-teacher conferences. Get to the line. Get ready because we are going to start with our parent-teacher conferences. And with that said, uh, parent-teacher conferences can be overwhelming, especially if you're a new teacher or new to the position in which you're speaking about. And now we're going to add this wrinkle of gamification, playful learning, and you might feel as though you got some parents that might come in, question that, wonder about it. And Know that there's a difference between wondering and sort of worrying, right? There is a difference. You are doing something different. It's unique, and it's okay that parents ask questions. Don't take that question as any sort of slight on you. They're inquisitive. They're wondering, right, not worrying. And if there is some worry, you can alleviate that worry with some powerful stories. And I'm really into today's episode, we're going to – the core foundation is going to be the three P's of parent-teacher conferences. Make it personal, positive, and productive. And this first one, telling stories, is a great way to make it personal. You want to make sure the uh, parent understands and recognizes that you know their child, that their child belongs with you in the safe space that you create, and that you love their child, right? Like they need to know that they're, they've given you their most precious thing, their child. And we see them a lot and we run them through the ringer. We push them, right? As educators, we ask them to do uncomfortable things because what we constantly are asking our students to do is something beyond their scope, right? We are pushing them always beyond where parents don't always push their kids beyond. So the parents hear the, the nervous energy, they hear the challenges that we're putting on them, and sometimes we have those lawnmower parents that want to kind of mow everything down. Um, so 
Uh, you have the helicopter parent, right, that wants to hover over the child. And you're going to have those in your class. But don't take those as a sign you're doing something wrong. In some respects, it can be a sign you're doing something right if you know the student, if you show this, this knowledge of the student. So I always like to say make sure in your parent-teacher conference to share a story. Share a story of some group work. Share a story of some project they did. Uh, and not in a teachery way, right? Don't just say like, and I'm running through the China project that they did, blah, 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 and they got this on the rubric. Like, that's not personal. Tell the story where, you know, just Jake came in with his project and he was beaming and I couldn't wait to see what he had come up with for that China project. And sure enough, Jake came over to me and said, Mr. Terrick, I'll show you this. And I loved that Jake was so enamored with his project on, you know, fill in the blank, right? the Zhenghe fleet. He actually built like one of the model boats and that was so cool. Or he drew the model boat and he was so proud of his drawing. And he actually was seeking advice on, you know, how best to put in the information. And he had two, three different ideas that he batted around with me. And I just love that your son, Jake, has that sort of connection to the material, that sort of excitement and that care, that detail that he was... He was so proud of the construction that he did that he knew that the content side of things, he wanted to match it with that same level of awe. And that, I think, was so cool that your son did that. And it's just, I see that kind of attitude day in, day out. That, you know, there's an example story where it's not running through a rubric, it is telling that more personal story and then in the end connecting it back to what mattered to you as the educator, right? And for me on that one, it's that he brings that love and attention to detail uh, and on kind of the everyday. So this this was an archetype story. Like this was here, he did this once, but it actually is seen, bits of that are seen throughout the unit, throughout the year. So be personal. Show them that you know that. I forgot to say also on personal, be personal with the parents, you know, I, I often start by, is there anything they want to sort of talk about or address? A lot of times the answer is like, no, we're here to hear your thoughts or whatever. And then launch in. But sometimes you get these, what are called black swans. You know, sometimes they tell you something about their child that you didn't know. And this is a great sort of reveal. So definitely create a space in which they can share. And I definitely like it at the beginning because it can dictate what we talk about. At my school, we have middle school conferences that are like five, six minutes long. I don't have a lot of time with them. So sometimes I like to front load that, like if they have any questions. and uh, Or else I might just spend the six minutes telling a story, being personal. Now, let's lead to another P of parent-teacher conferences. I like to try to keep them positive, right? There is no sense in making it negative. Even if a kid has work that needs to be worked on, that's going to lead us to the, the third P, uh, but right now, keeping it positive, I don't mean that you have to fake it, right? I don't mean that you just say good things and shower the kid with praise. I just mean keep it in this positive attitude that we are we are on a journey. We are working towards these solutions, right? So if a kid is not doing so well with homework, for example, I teach sixth grade, so that's organizational skills is a big thing, you know, like making them stronger students is almost our top bill our top charter that we have to work towards. And then we actually think content a little bit, right? It's almost student first, content second, or maybe high school, maybe. I don't teach high school. Maybe that's content first and then 
uh, student next, maybe, I don't know. But I will say for me in that keeping it positive, but you have this negative thing to talk about. Don't talk about it as a, like they have failed at this, like, ah, Billy has six missing assignments and, you know, that is definitely hurting his grade or hurting his, like, parents understand that, like, right? So instead, talk about, like, hey, uh, let's let's go with a different name. Let's say Susan. Susan, uh, you know, I got Susan's parents there. We've talked about some things. I've told the relational story, right, so that they know I, I love and recognize their daughter. And then it's like, you know. And one of the things that we're working on with Susan is her organizational skills. You know, she is a little inconsistent on her homework. And, you know, to her credit, she gets it in, but it's usually a day or two late. And, you know, what I'm working on with Susan is showing her how that impacts her ability to perform in class. Because a lot of our class activities are paired to last night's homework. And... I would love it if you could continue to sort of emphasize that her time in class would be so much stronger, so much better, and so much more fun because she would come with that material sort of ready in her mind. So if we could kind of work together to help Susan recognize why doing the homework, she's going to do it anyways. Like Susan's done a great job of getting it in two days later. If we can just up that timeline to get it done on time, that would be great. And then also... Is there anything you see at home like that we could maybe identify as an area that could help Susan use that time for doing our homework, right? I think that storyline there shows, again, a level of care. And again, it's not in a negative. It's actually in a solution-focused discussion, right? We're saying you have identified a problem. She needs to get her homework in a time. You've developed, you've developed a few possible solutions, and you've remained upbeat about it, right? You didn't say her child's broken or their child's broken. You just talked about how this impacts, but again, not in a teachery, grady sort of like, I have these points to give out, and I don't give her points because she doesn't do this well. Like, that sounds so cold. And so when we fall back on the systems that we've created, we systematize that moment of parent-teacher conferences, and it's such a miss, in my opinion. We really, really, really want to think about it more from how would we want to be talked to? And I think, personal opinion here, we often use the system we've created, the grades, the rubric, right, the semester, all these like constructs we've created to make us feel better, right? Because Ultimately, teaching is such a relational thing, but then to stand by and say why I have passed judgment, right? Because that's what assessment is, like, right? You're assessing the value of somebody's work and how that can ultimately sometimes feel like it's tied into assessing the person, which it's not, and I know it's not, and I know you know it's not, but it can sometimes feel that way. So, and feel that way not only to parents, but to teachers. So sometimes that feels kind of icky. So we sometimes want to lean on the system and just show a rubric and walk down the rubric. Like your child does this and this and this and this, and that's why they're a B plus. But that's so clinical. That's so cold. Recognize that teaching is relational and parent-teacher conferences are a point in which we should be relational to the parent and show our relationship 
with the child. Keep it personal. Keep it positive. And the third and final P is keep it productive. Uh, So point to things that can be done. Point to things you want to see happen. Point to things that they could execute at home that would truly show a benefit and be helpful. I do so much in class, it's actually hard for me to suggest many things that a parent can do, per se, uh, that would have some sort of meaningful impact. So I often tell them that I want them to try to use the same language I use. So I actually give them a purpose-driven learning sheet. Purpose-driven learning is a wonderful book by Adam Marino. Uh, It's these 10 action-oriented words. And I say, these are the words that I'm using. Things like effort, enthusiasm, focus, dependability. Use these 10 words at home. Ask them, how are they dependable this week in class? Ask them to be more dependable at the house, right? Like show them that this language is seen everywhere and moves you towards being the best version of yourself. And parents have loved that, right? Like as a middle school teacher, they're having a hard time sometimes relating to their now teenage daughter or teenage son. And it's awesome to give them that kind of language. Another thing, I talk to them maybe about some of the upcoming units, but like, again, that's starting to be systematized. So I like the purpose-driven learning. I like talking to them about In my class, things like side quests or adventure paths that their child could explore and do, uh, and maybe just giving them that language to ask their child about, right? So it's showing that we are connected, home and school, but again, not in that systemized, systematic way. So that's really what I wanted to share about parent-teacher conferences, this three Ps, personal, positive, and productive I am about to have those this week with parents, and I got to tell you, I kind of can't wait because when you make it personal and you make it positive and you make it productive, it ends up being a good time, a good way to spend your time, Uh, and I I love love meeting with parents. Uh, So this is my tips for you guys. Hopefully you enjoyed, and hopefully you stick around for more things that are playful and joyous in education, even parent-teacher conferences. I hope you guys have a great week and play on.